how excited are you to try that new non-stim uh, pump product? I thought about taking a scoop right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, non-stim. Non- <laughs> don't you? I think I feel like you want to be stemmed for the podcast, though. Probably. Do you, yeah. you ever think about taking a nootropic? Like taking. A I don't even understand brain? what they do. I don't understand it either. I have no idea. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like punching it's every so episode. There's somebody who's like punching their steering wheel because they're so few. Like those idiots, idiots. How do, How do you not know? Not know How do you about not know about this? <laughs> yeah. Haven't you listened to blah blah blahs? You know, like no, I haven't. I have no idea. I guess it's, it helps your brain theoretically. Uh, yeah, theoretically. Or that's like how people talk about like microdosing, like like, like mushrooms yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. Shrooms. Oh, oh boy, now we went have you psychedelics. Hit, have you ever oh, hit yeah. shrooms? No, no. What would you do Tell if us. I started taking mushrooms? Like you came home and I, I was like on mushrooms. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you tell the listeners about your experience on ecstasy? Uh, zero, none. <laughs> Just dancing the night away. Uh, maybe, sure. I don't know. I've never experienced that. I don't. I don't. I don't know what I would do. I guess it would depend on. Your mood. I feel like to the vast majority of people who listen to this, they have slight insight into like how you are. Me? Yes. Uh, they seem to get a little bit more glimpses into that if they've paid attention to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, Would you say that how I am when I'm coaching or how I am in the YouTube channel videos uh, where I'm talking, not like the workout videos? is closer to my real personality. The YouTube videos for <laughs> sure. Uh, so that's Would you say that how I am when I'm coaching is a facade? <laughs> it is you pulled together. <laughs> you pulled together for sure. Uh, yeah. So I guess it would depend on like how varied your demeanor is from your everyday. Maybe I wouldn't even notice. If I was like, if I was micro, if I was just in a slightly altered state. Yeah. Possibly not. I might be right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Who knows? Who knows? That's the big question. That's what keeps it exciting. Uh, is that is that our question or our topic of today? No, it's not. No. It doesn't have anything to do with no. that. Although, I guess sometimes when you're traveling, you get a little bit looser than you normally would. But no, we're going to talk about training when you're traveling. Training away from home. So we're going to break it down into different categories, and it's any given point you might fit into one of the categories, or one of those categories might be most suitable for you. And we're just going to talk a little bit about it, because I think this is kind of where people get tripped up sometimes. We're coming up on the holiday season. People are traveling uh, a lot, and that isn't necessarily a reason to not engage in physical exercise. It's also a reality that it just may not look exactly how it does when you're at home or it may depending on where you are and how much sort of effort you want to devote to that it could look exactly like it It could be better and so we'll kind of talk about our own experiences kind of what we tell clients we'll go from there we'll try to say funny stuff in there too in there too uh i guess another part of this that i didn't kind of think of until just now but um we do have several clients that travel for work so traveling And training is just kind of their typical. Yeah. So I have a couple uh, people who are like traveling nurses and things like that. So they're away for long periods of time. That's pretty straightforward because they 
are in a place long enough where they can find a gym. Or if it's like a three-day assignment, we can just have that kind of coincide with our rest days or active recovery days or things like that. So that's not a big deal. But yeah, people who travel for their jobs, usually the nice thing about that is it's there's some, even if where they're going isn't consistent, there's some consistency to how they travel. So we're able to find, we're able to figure that out. It's not a huge deal, um, even if they're away from home a lot. Yeah. And so I think that, that uh, people can get a little stressed if there's something kind of atypical to their schedule um, where there's some sort of change and they're like, oh, well, I like they almost get paralyzed by like too many, too many things that they have to quote unquote figure out. Um, whereas I think it actually is pretty simple. And especially if you're working with a coach and being able just to communicate, uh, we can make those adjustments as necessary for you. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're, if you work with a coach, that's their job. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're paying somebody to program for you, you're like, Hey, I'm going to be out of town. Uh, and this is where I'm going to, uh, it's not their job to like find a gym for you, but it's, it's, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to be out of town, but there's this planet fitness nearby. It's their job to program for you for that week when you're at planet fitness. If you have that kind of programming relationship with them, um, it's you, 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 the client, it's your job to make the effort in, in so far as you want to exercise. So if you want to take the week off and we'll talk about that, that's perfectly fine, but it's very helpful to let your coach know about that. And obviously if you're, if you want to have your training be as normal as possible, well, that's great too, but then it's your responsibility to find uh, a gym that's going to allow that. And then your coach programs around that once you find the place and let them know. Yeah. So why don't we start there, right? Like, so let's start with like the most optimal and we're going to travel for a weekend. Obviously there are several times that we work out over the course of the weekend. Um, <clears throat> my schedule kind of alternates and changes week over week. So it could be where I work out both on Saturday and Sunday or one or the other or neither. Um, for you right now, you're in a situation where you're just on Saturdays um, but we'll ensure when we travel that nothing changes, right? So if we have to go to a different gym on Saturday while we're in Pittsburgh, we'll make sure that the gym is comparable to the one that we have here in Dublin that we go to every day. So our training doesn't change. Yeah, I think that's it. So for us right now, uh, we're going to travel this weekend we traveled a couple weekends ago. We've got we were in Florida for a week in the summertime. Like and in all those situations, we found gyms that basically allowed us to do pretty much the exact same stuff. Every once in a while, you have to make they don't have the same exact equipment, and you have to make some substitutions, and that's not a big deal. Um, but we try to <clears throat> tend to go like what we would kind of call like tier one, which is optimal, which is basically you just keep on rolling like you're at home. Um, and, and honestly, that doesn't really take a lot of effort, right? So when we go to Pittsburgh. I'm from there. My family's there. We basically just go to the gym that I grew up going to. And we'll do that. If we, if we go on Saturday this weekend, we literally will do that. We'll go there. Um, when we are in Florida, I don't know. How long did it take you to find? What was that place called? Oh, what was, was like it? Iron called? Jungle or something? And it was something no, like Fitness that. Junkie. Fitness Junkie. Yeah. That was an amazing gym. Yeah, it was a fantastic <laughs> gym. But, and it was not far. 
No. It's like five minutes away. How long did it take you to find that once well, we decided we were going? Yeah, it was like once we said, okay, this is where we're going in Florida. It was literally like, okay, here's a, an Airbnb that works for us. Okay, so where is the closest grocery store and where is the closest gym? And it takes, you know, 10 seconds on Google to find that out. Um, and so it was like, this gym looks awesome. It has everything that we need. Uh, so it, it works perfectly. Yeah. So that was great. That was like a, a gem that we found and the people were really nice. And obviously when we go home to Pittsburgh, any of the three of us, we go to Alexander's and that's, that's like an old Pittsburgh gem from my childhood and the people remember you and all that stuff. So that's great. The reality is it just doesn't, if you're fluent using a computer, it's not really super hard to find a place to work out. Uh, and so that's like tier one. That's where you change nothing. Let's talk a little bit about tier two. So this would be a situation where maybe you're in a place that doesn't have a full gym, but you have like a hotel gym. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I think uh, in terms of <clears throat> limited equipment or being, you know, you've got dumbbells and like cardio equipment to work with, because that's typically what's what you will see inside of a hotel gym. It's very easy to keep movement patterns with that and just adjust accordingly. And again, if you communicate with your coach, like it should be relatively simple for your coach to be like, okay, like we're just going to swap some things out and use what you have access to. So if you don't have, we'll turn this to Rye. If, if uh, to give some people some takeaways, let's say they don't have a coach, right? Cause obviously we could just keep saying that like have a coach, have a coach, but if you don't have a coach, like, all right, well you're on your own then. So what are some things that you do for people if they have just hotel gym type equipment? Like, let's say there's dumbbells um, and then like one of those kind of like what we have, like one of those multi-use like cable stations there. Because a lot of places have something like that. And then like aerobic equipment, like a treadmill and maybe a stationary bike. Yeah. So I think the first thing would be kind of like you said to match movement patterns. So with dumbbells, you can match basically any movement pattern. You can squat, press, hinge, pull. Um, so at that point, it's just finding the dumbbell version of whatever you're doing. And maybe you're already doing some dumbbell movement and then nothing changes. Or uh, you're mimicking some sort of movement that you are doing in your normal program with those dumbbells. So if you're normally doing a front squat, maybe you're doing a cyclist goblet squat or a dumbbell front squat or whatever. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of the first step. And then the second step that's a little deeper is if you realize that maybe you're going to outgrow the dumbbells that you have access to or the machine that you have access to. So maybe the cable system exists, but it's a relatively inexpensive setup made for it to, to kind of to sit there and you know that you're stronger than what the maximal part is. Or maybe the dumbbells only go up to 35s and you normally dumbbell bench the 65s. In that case, maybe we add some intensity techniques or maybe go to a higher rep range or add a longer tempo or a shorter rest or whatever it may be to make it still challenging, um, but kind of sticking to the meat and potatoes. So what we probably wouldn't wanna do for most cases is like, okay, if my programming is usually pretty based around lifting weights, then I go and my like month long stay is going to be using just the elliptical, right? So we still want to mimic what we can, 
but maybe there's some things that we need to tweak in terms of weight or intensity so that we still get some sort of stimulus instead of being like, okay, I usually back squat 300 pounds for 10. I'm going to cyclist goblet squat a 50 pound dumbbell for 10 probably isn't going to match up. We probably need to take away the rest interval, take away whatever, add reps, do whatever we need to do to make it more challenging instead of just having it be linear uh, to what we're doing normally. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think maybe the best thing, if you're in a situation where you're stronger than the weights, um, is to, like you said, push up the reps and cut your rest. So myo reps, which is a form of rest pause, uh, we use a lot with our clients just anyway, but it's a go-to for me. If people are light on equipment or they're at home or something like that, basically what it is, is you can do this with almost any movement pattern. There's a couple that don't work as well. But let's say push-ups. Let's say you have no equipment. You're going to use push-ups uh, for your horizontal pressing. You're going to do in your first set literally a max set of push-ups. Like so, you fail the last one, or take it to technical failure, which is like you can't can't do the movement properly. Basically, you're going to rest five seconds, and then you're going to start again. The only caveat where you'd rest longer is if you can't get at least five reps in your second or subsequent sets. And basically, you're going to go until you can't go anymore, until you can't get five reps. And it is absolutely brutal. And in terms of stimulus, there's a couple ways you can make your muscles grow. One of them is by what people think, like tension, right? So the more you can squat, the bigger, within reason, your leg muscles are going to be if you equate reps and sets, etc. One of the other things that make your muscles grow is um, metabolite buildup and cell swelling. And so this is what you do with myo reps, basically, is that you chase the burn. So that horrible lactic acid burn is what makes can is one of the things that can make your muscles grow. And so we can still get a pretty robust stimulus, even if you have no equipment. You could do this with body weight stuff. Um, so you can do it with air squats and push-ups and, you know, body weight tricep extensions and things like that. So that's a really good option. If you don't have someone looking out for your programming and helping you with that, and you're in a situation where you're not, you, you don't have a lot of equipment or maybe don't have any for, for a little bit. Um, so that's kind of the getting it in part. Like if you have hook hotel gym, just try to match the movement patterns, keep the intensity up. Uh, what about, just taking the time off and how can that fit and how can actually that be a benefit for some people? Yeah, so Why don't you talk about this? Cause you're the king. You're the king. Yeah, of I was going to say that's <laughs> kind of my go-to. Um, not because I don't like, like I'm, I'm not just like so lazy that I don't want to work out, but I just, sometimes it's convenient when you're on vacation and I know I'm going to be doing other stuff or, you know, I'm, going to Pittsburgh specifically to hang out with family. It's I'm not, and I'm not there for a ton of time. I'm not going to be in a massive rush to be like, Hey, I'm going to go spend a total of two hours getting to the gym, doing my stuff and coming back working out that I could be spending with you guys. So for me, it usually works pretty well to coordinate trips or vacations or whatever with deload weeks or periods where I know I'm going to be not, I don't have to be in the gym. So maybe an active rest period or whatever that may look like. Um, so generally, as long as you can, you know, some point in advance, you can kind of coordinate stuff around that. So 
if you have some flexibility like this weekend or this week, I'm going to Pittsburgh uh, during the week. And I knew that I could place that trip in when I'm going to deload. Um, and then if you're going for a longer period of time, like we're going to Florida at the end of the year or into the beginning of next year, um, I coordinated the start of my current or what will be my current cycle uh, to start and then finish when I'm going to be in a deload. So then I can be in a deload through when I'm in Florida. So if you just kind of look forward and you count in weeks, uh, you can generally set things up and talk to your coach and say like, Hey, I know two months from now I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be busy this stretch. Then your coach can lay out your plan accordingly so that that stretch lines up when you're deloading. So I also find that it's a nice little mental break. So it's not like you're on vacation and then you're like, Oh, you know, we're trying to do this today, this today, this today. And then like, also like I need to work out. And then like you have that overlying stress of like, Oh, I need to get into the gym. Um, and it can be just a little mental break in general that once you come back home and get back to your routine, you're excited to get back into the gym because you've been out of it for a week or two. Yeah. I think the element of just not going at all and structuring as an active rest, uh, is really valuable in the sense that, especially if you're there to visit people and that's going to take up a lot of your time, that can be of dubious efficacy in terms of your mental state and adding stress and things like that. Um, and it's also a reality. Like sometimes you do just have to take like a couple times a year, you need to take like a week off, like off, off or doing minimal stuff. And that's good for you. Um, and optimally, if you can, have that happen when you're on vacation anyway and would theoretically like to be doing other things that are fun that's perfect and so even if you don't have a coach to help you with this that's okay all you have to do is work backwards from when you're going to be on out of town so if you know you're going to be out of town in four weeks and your cycles of training are usually five weeks we'll just make it four and just accumulate your reps or weight or however you make each week harder faster so if you normally add, you know, a set to each movement pattern in a session every week, we'll add two sets because you're you're going to finish a week early. It's no problem. And then you go on vacation or you go, you're out of town and you're deloading and it's not a big deal. Like I, I tend to structure my trips to Pittsburgh to happen when I'm deloading um, because then I just don't have to worry about it, especially if it's a weekend trip. I can get all the deload workouts in earlier in the week. And so I'm off for several days and I just don't have to worry about it. And I can worry about hanging out with people I'm going to see instead. So that's definitely a viable option, especially given the fact that you need to take time off completely off or with very minimal, very, very, very easy training uh, every once in a while anyway. Yeah. So I think that at the end of the day, it's, it's all about understanding what your goal is and and where you are within your training and adjusting it as needed to continue to work best with your life, right? Like working out is supposed to help you. Uh, it, it shouldn't be another cause for stress. And so if you can help to dictate uh, your training to fit into whatever your schedule looks like, whether you travel for your job, whether you're going on vacation, whether you travel for the holidays, uh, there's, there's no reason that you can't still enjoy the gym or take a break 
from the gym and not be stressed about it. I think another thing to think about, sometimes people get a little bit worried about is losing progress or losing their gains while they're away. And, you know, the the reality is as long as your nutrition's pretty good, uh, so you're not missing a ton of meals, you're not like brutally under eating, you're not drinking till the cows come home, like you have a lot of wiggle room before you start to lose muscle mass. So if you're doing minimal training, like maintenance volume for most people is like a third of what they normally do. It, it, I mean, you, you kind of go hard in it, but it's like one or two sets and you're good. Like you'll preserve your muscle for a long time, like far longer than a week, um, like months. And so that can be a thing too, is to not stress yourself out, worried that worrying that you're going to lose progress. Um, the caveat to that can be if you're a person who really thrives on routine and you're afraid if you miss a couple sessions at the gym, it's going to knock you out of that routine. It's going to be hard for you to sort of get back on the wagon. Then yeah, it might make sense to just try to stick to your normal schedule. Again, like, like Amanda said, as long as it doesn't cause stress, right? If it stresses you out, yeah, that's probably not good. And we probably need to maybe look at it or think about looking at it in a different way that doesn't stress you out. I think too, like you could look at it two ways in terms of like the routine and the sense that like, if you feel like that's kind of part of your day, which I think for the three of us, all of us would be quick to say it is um, that maybe you just limit yourself from sleeping in or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if that's, somehow structured in your day and it, you know you're going to get up at a certain time continue to get up at that certain time even if you know you're not going to be working out for the week and i think the second thing is like if you're kind of in the first group of people that we were talking about in terms of like you are going to work out while you're on vacation or traveling or whatever but you know like okay we we're going we're going kayaking and we're we're doing this and then we're going to the zoo and then we're going to watch like this animal will be fed and blah, 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 blah. And like, then we're going to dinner. Like, how am I supposed to get this in? What's well, like, maybe just go in the morning. Like, even if you're not, that's not the type of person you usually are. Like, it's inherently temporary. And it's, if you want to get it in that badly, then just go and get it in while everyone else is still waking up or making breakfast or getting themselves straight. Like, whatever is going on, just get up and knock it out super quick. And then it's, and then it's done. Yeah, or the realization is is if your vacation away is active like that, right? Like you are going kayaking or you're going to go on a hike or whatever the case may be. Like you're still getting activity in. It's not like you're being sedentary and you're sitting on a couch for hours on end. Um, and so understanding that movement in that sense is still movement and it's still something Um that that can very closely align with like an active recovery day. So if you were like, oh man, I planned on, you know, getting a workout in, in the morning and for whatever reason it didn't happen. Like again, not stressing out about it and realizing you'll still get activity in throughout the day. Uh, and maybe you can get to the gym another day. What would you say to people who maybe have a hard time explaining why they want to go to the gym to their family members, right? So you're out of town visiting family and maybe you're in a phase of training where like you're going to go to the gym. Like it's, it's important. You've made the effort. You found the gym. You got the key fob where they let you in like da, 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 da. Uh, and then maybe some people are like, 
Boy, you really go to the gym a lot. Like, how do you handle that yourselves? And then how do you advise people to handle that in our last few minutes? <laughs> uh, so that's something that I have managed very well in terms of my family. Uh, so my parents are in Virginia and we obviously live in Ohio. Um, so I go home not often. I mean, it's it's a good six hour drive. Um, and it is frustrating for my family when I come home because they're like, well, but you're home and you're home for such a short period of time. And, but you're still taking all this time away to go to the gym over the years. It's just, they understand like, this is important to me. And it's the reason that I'm able to be who I am as a person. Like I'm happier when I'm able to go to the gym. I'm happier when I'm able to keep my consistent schedule. And in the grand scheme of things, being gone for an hour, an hour and a half to go to the gym, isn't that big of a deal, especially if I coordinate it with other things, right? So I have a young niece who still has nap time. Uh, and so typically that's when I plan to go to the gym. Like I'll just go while she's napping. No one else is really doing much around the house or if they are, they're catching up on chores. So it's not a big deal to do it. And so I'd say if you have family who kind of pushes back at you about, you know, taking time away from what you're supposed to do with them to go to the gym, I think expressing that it's important to you, expressing that it allows you to be more present with them because then you're not focused on, oh, I missed my workout or I missed a meal or anything like that. I, I To a certain extent, they're, they're going to understand because it's important to you. I think the common thing is like, oh, like it's two days. Why can't, why do you have to, like it's, you're all right. And it's like, yeah, you probably are fine. Um, but I think you can just compare it, you can just compare it to something that applies in the same sense to them. So if it's like, you know, to them, it's, it's a big thing to whatever, watch the whoever play the whoever's like, then it's like, okay, that means a lot to you. And I respect that. So you can respect what means a lot to me. And then it's just left at that. And like, I'm like most sane people are like, don't really have like a great response to that other than like, yeah, that's pretty good point. So just leave it at that. I think you guys hit it. I think it's, if you articulate that it's important to you, especially if you're training for some sort of goal, if it's a competitive goal, like you're going to compete in something, whether it's physique sport or strength sport or something like that, or CrossFit competition or whatever, um, you know, if you articulate that, people will tend to understand <clears throat> that it's important to you. And I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes you can just say, okay, listen, I, I just get a little cranky if I don't, if I don't go. Um, it's just, it's important to me. It chills me out. I won't be that long. I'll try to go quickly. And, you know, most reasonable people they, they, they're saying this because they like you and they want you to be around. So they'll probably be pretty amenable to that. And it's, again, it's, it's as big of a deal as you make it. So if you build it in and try to have it be not super obtrusive, um, again, it's something to talk to a coach about or think to, to yourself about, like maybe we'll abbreviate this session a little bit just so I can be in and out of here a little bit faster given the circumstance. Totally reasonable. Not a big deal. Yeah. Again, I, I think the, the main focus is for us and, and for anyone within the gym is is our overarching goal. And so regardless of 
where you are on your path to that goal. If it is important to you, you will find a way to, to make things work. You'll make the adjustments to your training based on what equipment you have access to. You will, you know, ensure you have uh, the appropriate things for your nutrition so that you're not, you know, under eating on your protein and going bananas on your carbs. Um, because at the end of the day, your goal still matters no matter where you are on any given day. Well said. All right. Try out some nootropics. We're not sponsored by any and we've never <laughs> taken any, but it seems like they help you. So go for it. Let us know how things go with that. You know, otherwise, I think we'll see you next time. How what what do you think of the sparkling ice grape raspberry? That's yeah, Oh. They're all good, but it's not the, not the best. Not orange, mango, it up, is it? orange mango will literally slap you in the face. It's so good. Shut the front door. I would have <laughs> gladly gotten you one of those and saved that one. Yeah, you burned me. one of Amanda's favorite Very ones. So. Well, I don't even know. Like half the time you like sparkling ice, half the time you don't, <laughs> and half the time you like this flavor, but you don't like this one, even though they're like almost the same flavor. And then so I just kind of closed my eyes and grabbed one. <laughs> and grabbed she one opts too. out of sparkling ice a lot. I yeah, always so that's, opt in. that's the thing. So then it's like only in the evening it's carbonated and it gives me the little bubblies and I don't need the little bubblies in my belly. Life is hard. It is. Imagine if we had a sparkling ice tap. <laughs> I'd just put my face under it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Think about that. If you know a place that installs sparkling ice taps and kegs, let us know. We'll lay out some coin for that. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. See ya.